It is late September, and we still don't have a good polling profile on the midterm elections. It's back and forth, in and out, depending on the poll. Some of the polls are crooked, as you know. Some are better, but I can't get a handle on this, so we'll try again tonight to give you an idea of what may happen on November 8th. Now, all Americans, every one of us, should vote for problem solvers. I've said this from the beginning of my career. Ideology is okay if you believe strongly in a conservative principles. I, that's good. Same thing with liberal principles. But you got to put that aside somewhat when there is an election that affects you directly. And you have to vote for the person who can solve the problems rather than just bloviate and blah, 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 and do nothing. That, that's why it was a shame that Donald Trump lost. I don't care. He could have run on the mugwump ticket. Trump solved some pretty difficult problems, including the border and kept inflation at 1.3%. Come on. But because of his personality, Americans voted a motion and they voted in a man, Joe Biden, who can't solve any problems. And he hasn't. And he's made things worse. That's a good example. So you might not even like a candidate that's running. But if that candidate is smart and you believe that candidate's background proves he or she can solve problems, vote for him or her. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So there are a number of unresolved problems in this country. You know what they are, but I'm going to put them on the screen. For those listening on the radio, I will read them. These are problems that are not being addressed, not being solved. All right, number one, southern border, okay? Two, inflation. Three, drug smuggling and drug use. Four, social media censorship. Five, wild government spending. Six, high prescription drug prices. Seven, violent crime. Eight, political division. Nine, airline chaos. 10, Putin and China. All of those things are serious problems. Joe Biden uh, got any solutions to it? Now, you're going to say, well, do the Republicans? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is we have a president who, after 21 months, doesn't have a solution for any of that. That's what I do know. So it's like a guy batting zero, zero, zero on the Mets. Well, I don't know if the other player that I bring in is going to hit better, but the guy hitting zero, 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 not doing a job. So I got to give somebody else a chance. Simple man, simple logic. Now, in November, we have a number of races in the House and Senate which will either strengthen Joe Biden's position as president or weaken it. So I want to weaken it. Is that mean? No, I don't want Joe Biden to do any more damage to me and my family. He's done plenty. He's done enough damage to me and my family. Now, I'm, I'm giving it a personal touch. I'm not being selfish. I don't want him to do damage to you and your family either. But I'm trying to explain that I can't vote for Democrats. In November, I, I voted for Democrats last time around, a couple here on Long Island, but I can't do that now because the Democratic Party is hurting 
me and you, unless you think those problems I just told you about are not significant. All right, so partisanship, no. All right, that's why network and cable news is failing. People had enough of partisanship. I mean, I know some people are zombies and they just want to hear what they believe over and over and over again. I know it, but not many. Right? They want a clearly defined solution to a problem. They want to think things may get better. Under President Biden, they are not going to get better. In fact, they'll get worse. And that is the memo. Now, I'm going to give you two tips here. The excuse for not solving problems is very interesting. Roll the tape. There's a lot of hard work to do. Look, the president and the party has delivered. We still have work to do, but there's a plan uh, to get it done. Uh, So we're making a lot of progress on the agenda. We have a lot more work to do. With all of this progress, it's important to acknowledge that there's more work we must do together. We understand there's more work to do, of course. I think the Republicans can win a red wave, but there's a lot of work that they still have to do. (laughs) There's work we have to do. You know, I ain't got any work. When you hear that, that means I don't have a clue on how to solve anything. But we have work to do. We're going to do that work. (laughs) You know, look, if you watch and listen to me every night, I have the solutions to the problems. Bill at BillOReilly.com. You got a problem? Send it to me and I'll give you a solution. And I don't have more work to do. That's my work. I solve problems. So these cliches over and over and over. It's like watching these interviewers on television who get paid a lot of money. What do you make of that? When you hear an interviewer say that to an interview subject, what do you make of that? That means the interviewer is too lazy to think up a question. So they dump it in the lap of the guests. What do you make of that? It's so ridiculous. When you hear that, you know that the interview is no clue. When you hear, we have work to do, you know the politician or the pundit does not have any idea on how to deal with the subject matter. All right, President Biden's schedule today. At 145, he delivered remarks on the Disclosure Act. Now, I like this Disclosure Act. Somebody tell Joe Biden, I like this. This would, uh, if it passes into law, require dark money people like George Soros all right, to be exposed. So if you were a political action committee and you got more than $10,000 from somebody, you have to put that person's name down in a public disclosure. That's why it's the Disclosure Act. Yes. Good, Joe Biden. Good. Dark money is horrible for this country. All right, at 7.30, I got invited to dinner tonight with Big Shots at the UN in New York City. I don't know why they wanted me, but they invited me, very kind to invite me. And I told him I can't go because I can't get into New York City. I live 20 miles away. I can't get there. Why? Because Joe Biden's coming in to the U.N. confab. 
and no one will be able to get in and out of that city. You can't. On a, on a regular day, it takes me about an hour and 45 minutes to go 20 miles to get into Manhattan. Now, I'd have to bring a tent. I'd have to sleep on the side of the road. So I had to decline the invitation because I couldn't get into New York City. Now, Biden's got no problem. He lands at 525 at Kennedy Airport, Air Force One, and then there's a motorcade. So everybody else has to stop. And you can imagine it backs traffic up to Montauk, all right, and it drive Albany and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on the, on the west side. So he zooms in, but nobody else can move. This is not an exaggeration. If I had accepted my dinner invitation, which would have been about 7.30, I would have had to leave my house at about 3.30. Four hours to go 20 miles. I get one of these little scooters, I guess. But even then, you know, the cops are going to stop everybody. So Biden's here in New York. Um, there's a report today from the Heritage Foundation. We like the Heritage Foundation. They're conservative, but they're pretty accurate. The conservative uh, Heritage Foundation says that Joe Biden's 100 executive orders, since he's been in office, he's on 100 of them, have cost the taxpayers $1.5 trillion. It's just staggering. Because all Biden does is buy votes. That's what this college loan forgiveness thing was all about. Buy votes, give people stuff. When Biden said on 60 Minutes, the COVID epidemic is over, Scott Pelley, who slept through the whole interview, read my message of the day, please, uh, should have said, well, uh, are you going to then revoke the Emergency Powers Act in COVID, Mr. President? Of course, Pelley didn't do it. He wasn't even listening to him. Um, and Biden isn't. He's keeping the COVID emergency in place, but saying the epidemic is over. Why? Because under the COVID Emergency Act, Biden give money out to anybody he wants. Anybody who wants, here, take it, take it. Buying votes. That's what the Democratic Party does. Hunter Biden probe. So, this is an amazing situation. The Justice Department has not mentioned the Hunter Biden probe since April 26th of this year. Not a blanken word. The grand jury is gone. So is he innocent? Is he facing charges? Merrick Garland, Attorney General, he won't, he won't say. We don't know. So some uh, Republicans in the House wanted to petition President Biden for all the documents in his possession related to business dealings by his son, Hunter. That was voted down 23 to 19 in the House Oversight Committee. What that means is it will not get to the floor for a vote. So the Democrats control all the House committees, and they probably won't after the midterms. The Republicans will take over. They said, no, 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 no. We're not going to bother President Biden with any documents about his son, uh, Hunter. Meantime, 33 Republicans in the Senate, 33 senators, have petitioned Attorney General Garland seeking a special counsel status to look at Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. Okay, now there isn't a chance in hell that Merrick Garland is going to do that. He's not. 
not going to investigate him, okay? Because he works for Hunter's father. But 33, now if the Republicans take the House and the Senate in November, there'll be all kinds of investigations. So that will come. Now, there is a movie out about this whole thing. It is called My Son Hunter. You can see it on mysonhunter.com. I have not seen the movie. Now, it was funded, financed by a crowdfunded thing on the Unreported Story Society. So the folks paid for this movie, I guess. It's distributed by Breitbart. Its director is uh, Robert Davi. You may know that name. He's an actor. He's in License to Kill, Die Hard, Expendables, a number of films. Usually plays the villain, but he is a director as well. And he joins us now from Tampa, Florida. So I'm sorry that I didn't see the movie, uh, Mr. Davi. I I just didn't have time to do it. It's an excuse. But you can can tell me I have a a number of questions about it. Number one, do you convict... Hunter Biden of anything in the movie? Do you convict him? The movie begins with uh, Gina Carana uh, after Joe Biden takes a swim in his swimming pool and sniffs her hair. And she says, this is not a true story except for all the facts. So the story, as it's told, it's told through the eyes of a 25-year-old left-wing activist who works as an exotic dancer who then meets up with Hunter Biden. And then the story unfolds and the idea of what happened in the Ukraine and the alleged corruption there, the alleged corruption with the Chinese communist spy and other things with Devin Archer and with uh, Tony Bobulinski and a story unfolds. It's we indict more so the media because, you know, these are the media who's buried the story, Bill. You know, it wasn't for the New York Post and some of their great reporters that broke the story. Then Peter Schweitzer comes out with the book and Miranda Devine and the people from Unreported Story doing tons of research, and I myself reading Hunter Biden's own book, Beautiful Things, whereby I get a mindset of who he is, uh, because I didn't want to do a uh, a typical uh, uh, red meat, throw the red meat at the world. I wanted to say, here, here it is. But we do right. indict the media, because one after another. But you do see the corruption. You see the corruption, and you have to make your own conclusion. Okay, but the the movie, I think it's fair to say, is tilted against Hunter Biden. You don't have a character in the movie that says, no, Hunter is innocent. This is all a misunderstanding, right? No, no, we don't have that. But we don't demonize a drug addiction, nor do I demonize the relationship between the father and son. Okay, we use so their own words. In there. Very good. Now, yeah. the president, Joe Biden, is he, how much is he implicated in wrongdoing the big guy and also from hunter's own emails to some of his family members and what we know about bobolinsky he is implicated into having the knowledge of this of hunter's dealings going on but turning a blind eye and being making sure that he wasn't implicated in the emails and whatnot it's very explicit in the story um again um it is a uh, and we don't paint uh, Joe Biden as a bumbling, bunking into wall guys. You know, um, John James plays that character from Dynasty and Lawrence Fox, a great English actor, plays Hunter. But it, it doesn't do that, Bill. It doesn't um, it, it does implicate Joe Biden because in all honesty, I've got eight kids. I know what they're doing. 
if they're making a deal, I'm going to know about it. I know about nepotism as well. It's the way of the world. So to pretend that the vice president and the president's son doesn't go to a foreign territory on the same plane as the father, and they don't discuss maybe what he did, especially if it's of national security importance when you're dealing with the, uh, uh, the head of the Chinese Communist spy organization or, or whatnot, or, or the other nefarious deals that were made. You have to draw the conclusion that there's something in propriety here. It's okay. Let me, run, let, let me run a trailer for the film so people can get a flavor for it. Go. I can't seem to find anything but positive stuff on the Bidens. Who's the point man for the foreign policy in the Obama regime? Joe Biden. So it looks like you need a billion dollars. So the obvious next question is, where's Hunter? I can remember getting paid some money, but I can't remember what for. Well, my dad says we never discuss my businesses, period. Or my cut. What's happening in there? Joe's in on it. Party's over! <sighs> you had everything, Hunter, and you threw it all away. You hope the laptop will take down everybody with you. Get out! China's not our enemy. They're not bad folks, folks. I love my dad, and I just want to make him proud. I am the one who brings in all the deals. I am the one. The boy. All right, so everybody can see that on uh, mysonhunter.com. Do you know how many people, Robert, have uh, watched it so far? Well, I know that the site crashed the first couple of days, and we are doing, uh, I don't have any figures from Breitbart, I ask, but I know they're doing beyond expectation, and people are very happy with it. So I'm, I'm waiting to get those numbers. It'll be our first week, I think, Wednesday or so. Uh, production it was values, at least yeah, production values look good. How much did the movie cost to make? I think it was around two five, which was crowdfunded by 30,000 people because people wanted the story to be told. It's, you know, look, we have a, as you talked about, I mean, <laughs> President Trump gets investigated in New York City for his real estate dealings before president, but yet they don't want to, they don't want to investigate Hunter Biden and the impropriety I, there. I, yeah, it, the, it is. The, it's, it's staggering. I, listen, um, you put out a movie, people can watch the movie. They can make their own determination, as you said. I don't have any problem with any of that. I will try to catch up with the movie. Now, while I have you, I've known you for a while. Um, yes. And you were involved, uh, probably still are, in that Lincoln organization in Hollywood, right? Um, well, that, go that ahead. kind of quieted, quieted down. It moved so into it? something else. What was the name of that? Uh, Lincoln uh, Friends thing? of Abe. Friends of Abe. Okay, it used to be that that was an organization where actors and people in Hollywood who had conservative or uh, traditional beliefs met once in a while to kick things around. But yes. right now there's a blacklist in Hollywood. Uh, yes. I'm on it. I mean, I have five, as the executive producer, five successful films. We yes. have great properties, a tremendous killing the mob. You couldn't oh, get a great. better cinematic property than that. <laughs> we can't do business in Hollywood. So no. you... Uh, have always been conservative, but you've worked. I mean, you're a good actor. And, and now getting behind this Hunter movie, are you afraid you'll, you'll never get any work in Hollywood again? Absolutely. And there's been a blacklist to say that there hasn't. And the hypocrisy of Hollywood, Bill, is that they've done more movies about the Joe McCarthy era when traitors were coming into our nation 
as proven by Daniel Patrick Monahan, a, Dem a Democratic senator, when he made the Venona Project public. And meanwhile, they're doing the very thing they, they condemned to patriots and people that think differently. I want to lead a movement in terms of diversity of thought. You can have transsexuals, black, Hispanics, everything. They say, okay, we want to go this way. We have to put more people there, but not diversity of thought. And Screen Actors Guild should be held accountable for that, my union. And Hollywood yeah. should be held accountable. People like Norman Lear, who is an elder statesman, should say, you know what? This is wrong. We shouldn't demonize people that think differently. And uh, it happens. I know it happens. You know it happens. Everybody knows And something it needs to be done. Well, it's Katzenberg and Spielberg who are the ones that are, I'm not going to say they're actively behind it, but if they would say knock it off, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Steven Spielberg, two of the most powerful Hollywood moguls, I don't even know then, though. I mean, the bitterness out there, and uh, you, it's nine out of ten that I, they hate you if, you if you're not woke. They hate you. They want to hurt you. That's how bad it is. Yeah, it's, it's, I've never seen it so divisive. I mean, I came to Hollywood in 1977, brought there by Frank Sinatra when I did my first film. And Hollywood was different. You had political different points of view, but people were cordial and people would work. You would never condone anyone's, uh, you would never not hire someone or watch their product or read their book or develop their piece of material because of what the content was, uh, uh, because of their political right. views. I, I mean, it's, it is staggering. It's, it's terrible, but it's reality. So the movie, once again, is MySonHunter.com, because when you go there, you can watch the movie. It's free, right? You don't have to pay for it, do you? $22. Oh, you $22. do have to pay for it. Okay, so it's yes. pay-per-view. Pay I'm glad yes. you said that. Well, no, but, but you own it. You own it. Once you download it, you own the film. And you can get uh, other cues, you know, because they're, you know, they're, giving back, I believe, the funding of the film and stuff like that. I don't, sure. It doesn't go to my pocket. It doesn't I got come it. to me. But you should get a decent salary, Robert. You directed the movie. I mean, come on. And you got eight <laughs> kids, and I want those eight kids all to go to a good college. Okay. I, I know. It's, it's good to see you. I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. You. I'm, I'm happy to talk with you. We've known each other for a while. And yes. uh, I hope that a lot of people go in and watch the movie. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Okay, you may have heard about the uh, lawsuit against Governor DeSantis in Florida for flying the 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard. So this is another bogus play. So the lawsuit is filed by this far, far left organization, Lawyers for Civil Rights in Boston. They are linked up with George Soros. What a surprise! What a surprise! In the sense that they donate money, uh, Lawyers for Civil Rights, to uh, a group called Act Blue which Soros also gives money to. These a whole, it's like it's a club, a far-left club. Anyway, these people uh, file a civil lawsuit against DeSantis saying that they violated the rights of these undocumented foreign nationals by forcing them on a plane to fly to Massachusetts. But now DeSantis says, no, we have a release. All right. And here's what the consent form all the migrant signs says. I agreed to hold a benefactor or its design representatives harmless of all liability arising out or of in any way relating to any injuries and damages that may occur during the agreed transport to locations outside of Texas until the final destination in Massachusetts. OK, so there it is.
So the lawsuit is bogus. Now, you would expect that today a judge would throw it out. No, that's not what happens. So Florida, the state of Florida, will have to run up hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills to defend this while these lawyers are working free. That's why they do this stuff. All right. Even though they when it will eventually get thrown out, it has to go through the process. Our civil justice system in this country is so corrupt, you wouldn't believe it. And it'll never be reformed because of the Trial Lawyers Association gives so much money to the politicians in both parties. So once uh, the state of Florida and Governor Santos produced that form where the migrants themselves signed it, that's the end, right? No. And now I'm sure the far left lawyers will say, well, the migrants were coerced. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about here? Everybody knows what this is. This is get Ron DeSantis. Look, if Trump decides tomorrow not to run for president in 24, DeSantis will probably get the nomination. All right. You'll see brutal attacks on DeSantis. They've already started, but it'll it'll ramp up. But DeSantis isn't like Trump. He's not you know, he doesn't take it that personally. He'll he'll fight back, but not the way Trump did. But you'll see an unbelievable amount of character assassination directed toward DeSantis. To be fair, there's an incredible amount of character assassination directed to Joe Biden. There is. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers? I have their trees and plants at my home. And they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. I don't do that. I just want performance. Black Lives Matter. Here's a story that no one else will do but us. We did it on radio this morning. I'm doing it on TV tonight. Okay. Black Lives Matter pretty much stormed onto the scene in 2014. Their mandate is to stop police violence against African Americans. That's it. That's what they do. So, um, the, an internet site tracked black men and women shot by police from 215 to 221, 215, 258, 216, 236, 217, 222, 218, 228, 219, 251, 
2020, 243, 2021, 178. It's flat. It's flat. Okay? Now, in that time, violent crime and the deaths of poor people of color in the inner cities skyrocketed. Tens of thousands of African Americans have been killed in that period of time because police are underfunded and demonized and they pulled back from confronting violent crime in those areas. So Black Lives Matter not only didn't help bring down, and they're very low numbers, police shootings of black men and women, but it stimulated the murders and shootings and assaults on people of color all over America. This is beyond any doubt, not debatable. Okay, now the economist, this shocked me, says that donations to Black Lives Matter related causes amount to $11 billion. I was using the 100 million sent directly to the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation in LA. That was the yardstick I was using. The economist says, no, it's 11 billion that the whole BLM cause got. I don't know. I can't verify that. I can't. But (laughs) this is incredible. Uh, The same internet site that gave us the stats on the police shooting black men and women, giving us stats on which charities are getting BLM money. Ready? Trans United, the Audre Lorde Project, I don't know what it is, Black Trans Circles, the Transgender District, Black Trans Travel Fund, Okra Project, For the Growls, the Trans Justice Funding Project, the Trans Housing Coalition Homeless Black Trans Women's Fund, Black Trans Media, Black Trans Femmes in the Arts. More money given to trans than African-American causes, by far. (laughs) Why? Well, the leadership of Black Lives Matter, they're gay. A lot of them. And I don't know if they're trans. I don't know why trans is getting all this money. Now, I can guarantee you'd never hear that anywhere else. Again, we need you to go out, no spin news, tell your friends and family you want information, important information. This is where you come. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD. 
877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Uh, let's get to this Trump stuff. Um, look, uh, Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, from the very beginning has made, I mean, she's not a phony. She's not a phony. Okay. She says, I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to get him. All right. I'll do everything I can to get him. Now, the state of New York is awash in violent crime. All right. Thousands of people are being harmed every month, uh, killed, slashed, beaten up, shot. Letitia James does nothing, all right? Hasn't called for the uh, revocation of the Nobel Law, hasn't challenged the DAs in New York City that let people out, violent criminals out, done nothing. Yet she spends all of this time trying to get the Trump Organization and President Trump. So here's what she said today. Go. Over the course of our investigation, we found that Mr. Trump his children, the Trump Organization, created and used more than 200 false and misleading asset valuations on his statement of financial condition over that 10-year period. Well, if that's true, then your duty, madam, is to charge Donald Trump and his family and his executives with crimes, felonies, because that's bank fraud, not kick it into civil court. So why aren't you doing that? She said, oh, I made a referral. No, it's your duty as the attorney general in the state of New York. If these crimes are allegedly committed here, you have to charge. No, doesn't want to do that. No, wants to embarrass and wear down the Trump organization. Now, why doesn't she want to charge criminally? Because she wouldn't get a conviction. You know why? Because the banks themselves are responsible for their loans. Each bank that Donald Trump wanted to borrow money from is responsible for seeing and confirming the collateral that he puts up. So did the banks not do their fiduciary duty? The bank's going to come in and say, What are they going to say? In order to convict on a crime, the banks would have to say, oh, we we didn't do any due diligence. We didn't check anything out. We just believe what he said. We just believe that this valuation was that number. Nobody does that. No bank does that. That's why she's not charging. You couldn't get a conviction. Now, you'll never hear. I I think Hannity has got it tonight. You know, he's got a pipeline in, he'll have pretty good, but that's it. No one else, because they don't care. So that happened today. On Friday, Elton John is going to the White House for a big concert 
called A Night When Hope and History Rhyme. And he's going to perform in celebration of the unifying and healing power of music. Wow. So who's invited to this? Uh, Not me. (laughs) Okay. I'm not. I'm not invited. So teachers, nurses, frontline workers, mental health advocates, students, LGBTQ plus advocates, and more are invited. Okay, that's who's invited. And it's going to be on the South Lawn of the White House. And Elton John's going to get out there. And both uh, President Biden and First Lady Jill are going to make remarks. And this is supposed to unify the country. 2,000 people expected to attend on Friday. Thought you'd like to know. If you are invited, please let me know. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. All right. You know this woman, uh, Tommy Laren, conservative pundit? There she is. So she gets invited to speak at the University of New Mexico. And uh, she goes to Albuquerque to give a speech. And here's what happened. Screaming, yelling, 100 protesters. And uh, Ms. Laren could not speak. Could not speak. Now, the University of New Mexico had to know this was going to happen. They had to know. Not a big campus. All right. So they issued a statement. I'm going to read it to you so everybody on radio can hear it. You can read it on the screen. Quote, the safety of our campus community and visitors is our first priority. We're deeply disappointed in the actions of those individuals who intentionally chose to disrupt the scheduled speaker and infringe upon the rights of the speaker and those who attended the event to listen and engage. Vandalize university property. Unlawfully pulled a fire alarm. University is investigating these incidents. Will hold anyone who violated the law or university policies accountable. Unquote. Okay. I'm going to give them three weeks from today. And then I'll have a follow-up to see how many people were held to account. Video. You got them. You see them. Let's see what happens. Three weeks. All right. My production staff. Write that down. Back to the University of New Mexico. Portland, Oregon. As some of you know, I used to work there at KATU, Channel 2 in Portland. Beautiful town. Gorgeous town. Oregon, stunning state. If you ever get a chance, take a ride, all right, uh, from Cannon Beach all the way down to Gold Beach in Oregon. It's just the best. Okay, so they have the time-based art festival in Portland. And, you know, Portland's an artsy town and this and that. Okay, so it's 80 bucks to attend this art festival, $80. However, if you're black, it's free. If you're African-American, you're getting free. If you're not, if you're Native American, you got to pay. So why would anyone go? Anyone. If I'm an African-American, I go, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to be patronized like that. I'll pay my 80 bucks. I don't want to discriminate against other people, but people will go. Not many. It'll be a bomb, I predict. So we instituted a new uh, segment last week called the No Spin Flashback. And I'm looking for things that are interesting that have been said, obviously, in the past um, that we can spotlight for you. 
Uh, now, the first one, uh, we had Biden saying something dopey. Thursday, we're going to have Trump saying something. So that's what we use on Thursday. But today, we're going to use a soundbite by a science fiction writer named Arthur Clarke. That name ring a bell? So he died in 2008 at age 90. And this guy, you know, he wrote a lot of stuff, including the screenplay for 2001, A Space Odyssey. He wrote that. So in 1964, September 21st, this day, not, no, tomorrow, tomorrow, 1964, okay, here's what Arthur Clarke said. Go. But what about the city of the day after tomorrow, say the year 2000? I think it will be completely different. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough which has been made possible by developments in communications particularly the transistor, and above all, the communication satellite. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other, wherever we may be, where we can contact our friends anywhere on Earth, even if we don't know their actual physical location. Wow, huh? 1964. And now you can contact anybody on email and text anywhere, anytime. That's pretty impressive. Arthur Clark. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here's the final thought of the day. So uh, Killing Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity comes out next Tuesday. And of course, I'm doing media like crazy. Um, We're blackballed some places. um, And believe me, I know who's doing that. And... um, well, I know, but most places are very respectful to us and we will be around uh, promoting the book. And as I told you, it's a book of history. It's not the Hollywood Reporter, People Magazine. These three men, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, Muhammad Ali, influenced American culture to an extent that it changed. And the changes in our culture are in play now. And then the weight of that, of their success, crushed them. And they were betrayed. And that's what the book is about. I think it's a fascinating history. You know, I started with Killing Lincoln, and I admire Abraham Lincoln to this day more than any other U.S. president. A man of courage, horrible situation that he was handed. Wife was a lunatic. I mean, the guy had no relief. And he just got through it, and and he was such a magnificent president and leader. And, uh, you know, most of the killing books, again, Legends is the 12th, deal with titans like killing Patton and uh, Jesus, killing Jesus, I mean, just off the chart. This book, Coming Off Killing the Killers, which basically is a primer on how the U.S. government is protecting us, all right, from death, Believe me, these people, these jihadists would kill us, every one of us. 
This book is different. This is cultural history. But none of us can get away from cultural history. And that's why we did this uh, big um, segment on Vidgo. With the culture gone so far left. How did that happen? Well, history comes in many forms. And I think that when you read Killing the Legends, this is a book that will just fly by. I mean, it's boo. And, you know, you always get the Amazon reviews. Oh, I knew all that. I got that in Killing the Killers. It amuses me. I, I knew that. No you, no, you didn't. Nobody knew what we have in Killing the Killers. It's all classified. The same thing with Elvis and, and Lennon and Muhammad Ali. It's not classified. But what we found out, you didn't know. And that's the beauty of the Killing Series. And that's what I'll be promoting next week. And we, we're very grateful. I am very grateful for people put me on in the interview process and, and promote the book. And it's very nice of all of them to do it. So thank you for watching and listening tonight. New column Sunday noon. And we will see you again on Monday.